Hello, friends. This is Taver Lee, and you are listening to Grit and Grace. We are here for soul-level conversations that will take us across the veil in mystical and magical ways. I invite you to leave what you know at the door, open your heart, and receive. If you want to find out more information, make sure you go to moontempleschool.com. And now let's get started. Today's guest has a passion for astrology that was ignited in 1994 while living in Australia and being cast into the role of Mercury in a theater production. He felt the uncanny accuracy of the archetypal planetary downloads that came through improv in theater, which is a real clear channel into further information. He's currently an advisor, writer, speaker, and teacher, as well as the founder of Starduster Services. And if you want to change your angle of vision, gain clarity on your path, then this is the show for you because I have Jim Seymour with us today and he is such a wealth of knowledge. It's almost as if I'm going to invite all of you that's listening to the show to, and Jim, maybe you would like to do this with me. Let's take a couple of deep breaths to open ourselves up to receive. So we're going to go ahead and breathe in our nose. Nice, slow exhale. One more, breathing in. And as you exhale, just picture that you are becoming a vessel to receive the wisdom from this dear brother of mine, Jim. Thank you for joining me on Grit and Grace. Taverly, thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. We have the you know, extreme pleasure of sitting on the Wisdom Keepers Council together, which is how we met. And it's a really fascinating, amazing group that is hosted by the owner, co-founder of the Warrior Sage community, our dear friend Satyan. Yeah. And I remember the first time that you and I were like um, paired up together. We, I was in Hawaii at the time, right? And <laughs> although I feel like we've been, we had been in a group together before, had we? Maybe. Yeah, we joined the Wisdom Keepers on the very same day. Oh yes, that's right. I'm like, I feel because I, I know we've been on several. So, you know, this is several months into it. Um, but I remember this like deep connection you and I had immediately when we were paired, just the two of us, without anyone else, like in our group. And it led to us exploring my own birth chart, which we're going to talk about today. And then, of course, we're here because I believe that when you when you think about it in terms of changing your angle of vision. That to me is, that's super powerful because we don't know what we can't see, but if we can change our angle of vision, everything can change. And I believe it's Wayne Dyer says that change what you look at and what you look at changes, or maybe I've got that backwards, but the the angle of our vision directly dictates everything that we're experiencing. And you are really good about talking about this. Yeah. Um, You know, there's a lot of people that want to change the world Mm. and the way to change the world is the way to is by changing yourself. It's what you just said, because everything we're experiencing starts from the inner reality of the spirit soul that's within this body. We're located in our hearts and every atom of the creation is intelligent. There's intelligence in every atom. So depending on your karma, depending on the, 
right? The metaphysical energies that you're bringing with you into this life, everything responds to you very, very individually and personally. So um, if you're doing inner work, you see the world differently. You start to perceive different goals for yourself. And astrology is wonderful. It's, I like to say that it's a bridge between materialistic thinking and spiritual thinking. Because there's something, there's something very, very important. There's a distinction here. Astrology in itself is not spiritual. Because there's astrologers that use it on Wall Street to make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they're just they're going up. And there's nothing wrong with that. Whatever mm-hmm. people are going for is fine. Because everyone's here to fulfill their material desires. But it is a system. It's a method. It's a procedure. It's an academic discipline. It's an intuitive art. And to the ancients of the world's wisdom traditions, it's a science, just like any other. Um, Just like the science of self-realization. There's certain practices and meditations and ways of being and ways of breathing and eating and sleeping and everything. The human body is a vessel for self-realization and ultimate enlightenment. And so all the world's wisdom traditions have key practices, um, rituals, ceremonies, etc., that they follow to access the same divine oneness that we're all part of. Right, right. Beautiful way to um, lead us into this conversation. <laughs> I, I like to think about it as if there is the rite of passage that I believe humankind is going through right now. We are in the birth canal to higher levels of consciousness. It it feels like a rite of passage to me, the way that I interpret the collective energy. And really this passage that we all desire to go through is one at a time. There's, we can collectively be feeling the change, but it requires us each to do the journey ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, One of my favorite musicians is Sting. Mm. And, and he has that song, all this time the river flows. And in that song, there's this verse, they go crazy in congregations, but they only get better one by one. Mm. So that's a great reference. I know he, he's brilliant. And, when and you, you just saying on my podcast, can I just give you a, a shout out for that? You just saying on my podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a musician too. I've been playing love for it. 40 years. So, um, but it's true. We, we enter into a mob mentality and, you know, if you've ever seen a mob erupt at a soccer game or at a football game or at a boxing match, you know, everyone just goes crazy. And, Mm -hmm. but you only get better one by one. Like it's the free will of each individual to regain their sanity. Um, So self-realization is just that it's for yourself. I will never forget when I met my teacher, um, he said, don't do this for me and don't do it for our spiritual master. Don't do it for the world. Do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. This is for you. Because you're the only one who brought yourself here. No one forced you to come to this world. You wanted to come here. And so we dug this hole, whatever our predicament is, and it's up to us to take full responsibility for our lives and dig ourselves back out. And that's when the joyfulness and the blissfulness starts to shine through. It's when you Mm -hmm. purify the outer density that's obscuring the soul. Right. So many lifetimes we've been here and we've been accumulating layer upon layer of material energy and it becomes very, very dense and very heavy. 
And at a certain point, you realize I'm, I'm doing all these things and I'm not satisfied. What is it? And um, it's from that sincere inquiry that you can start to awaken to your true essence, which is, hey, I'm a spirit soul. I'm eternal. And my nature is blissfulness. So it's like gold is in the ground, right? Nobody manufactures gold. You have to uncover it. Mm-hmm. So similarly, blissfulness is the nature of the soul. It just requires uncovering. Beautiful description. I had a conversation a couple of days ago with a friend of mine that says, people don't know what they don't know yet. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they don't know. And that leads me to this question of when you realize that you are on this individual path to really find that gold, which is bliss, which... I've recently said it as it's the vibration of love. Human knows it. Humans know it as the vibration of love. Although there are other ways we might also experience it, but that vibration is the gold, the bliss you're talking about. And you cannot force somebody into that path and they don't know what they don't know. And it's, it's a really powerful thing to really bring that into your body to remember. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you are on some type of awakening path. You have done work to, on yourself, but we are not in the position to force or lead anybody down that path. All we can do is be the reflection of what's possible. And when we're in our bliss state, they feel that that's enough. This is essential. And I myself went through that juvenile stage of wanting to convert everybody to what I had discovered. It's we very, all do. It's we very all na- do. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely natural. If you find a really good restaurant, you know, and you want to tell your friends, hey, you got to go eat yeah. here. Yeah, or even invite them with you. Come, let's all go eat there. Like all the time, let's go do this. And yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very natural thing to want to proselytize and preach to people when you first become like uh, awakened to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But the, hum- the humbling part, starts to come when you realize that you're eternal and this this process of awakening is it lasts for eternity there's never a point where you can mm-hmm. say i've got it mm-hmm. Be- because the the divine source from which we come is ever expanding in blissfulness in perfect knowledge in eternity it's called in sanskrit sat chit ananda Sat means eternal, chit means perfect knowledge, and ananda means blissfulness. So we're part of this. We're actually part and parcel of this dynamic. And so there's always going to be someone smarter than you, more wise than you, more mature than you. There's always going to be someone who's equal to you, and there's always going to be someone who is less awakened. And the humbling comes when you can allow everyone to be right where they are, remembering that you also were just there yourself, and that there are so many great souls ahead of you who are watching you come along as well. Mm-hmm. It's like this beautiful cosmic hierarchy of love, knowledge, bliss, awakening, and those who are choosing to go the other way. Like you said to me in a recent conversation, that's for their greatest learning and evolution is for them to go through that experience of becoming maybe more ignorant or more mm-hmm. resistant or more defiant or rebellious. So we've all been there. My teacher used to say, we've all been saints and we've all been complete debauched losers mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over again. It just keeps going over and over and over. So uh, uh, who was it? The Beatles? Live and let live? Mm-hmm. Right. I think that you're touching on a really good thing because I believe that the more that I know, the more I realize I don't know. Yes. 
I that that is that is so vital to my own learning is that lesson that <laughs> the more I think I know, the more I realize I don't know, I don't know, and I. I recognize that we're never going to fully know. And that that brings a, a beauty back to the process that it's not a destination, it's a journey. Everything uh, is a journey. Mm, mm-hmm. Precisely. So let's let's bring in the astrology piece. Let's talk about well, first let's talk about why this is a passion for you. I I want to know a little bit more. I want my audience to know a little bit more about the man behind this wisdom and an experience that you're sharing. Sure. Um, I went to UC Santa Barbara in the 1980s as a young party animal. I was a musician. Um, my band opened up for Jane's Addiction on MTV. And, you know, I, I did the whole glam thing and, and party thing. And um, I ended up having a bipolar disorder manic episode out on the island of Saipan. I was working at a hotel resort out there in 1989 and 90. And it was just party heaven. We were all out. We we're all a bunch of college grads. And anyway, there was a lot of war that happened there during World War II, a lot of carnage. And long story short, I was drunk one night with my friends. We went up to Suicide Cliff where 20,000 Japanese jumped to their deaths mm-hmm. when, the, when the Marines captured the island. And I got haunted. I got possessed by one of these poltergeist disembodied spirits. And... I got hospitalized in a psych ward and the whole bit. And so later on, I recovered a bit and I went back to work, you know, and life went on. And now we're into the 90s. And I had a really good job that promised me a lot of money and benefits and a great future. But there was something missing. So I took a year off. And this was my Saturn return. I was 29 years old. Mm. I left the job and I took I gathered up a few grand and I went to Australia for a year. And so down there, I was living in Byron Bay, swimming with dolphins. It's a gorgeous place. It's like Hawaii, but it's got Mm. this big sweeping bay and a lighthouse on the Cape. And there's Mount Warning and the subtropical rainforest. And I was hanging out with aboriginals and doing the corroborees and playing in the band. And and I was at a dinner party one night. And this man who I didn't know was a director of a theater production. He just saw me. He goes, man, you've got this energy. I, I want you to be... Mercury. I'm directing this play. And I said, sure. So I showed up at the rehearsals and he said, read this book over the weekend. And it was this manual on astrology. And I'd never studied it. This is 1994. And I just power read through this book over the weekend and went diving into rehearsals for this stage production. And it was so powerful, Taberly. We the first half of the production, we acted out the archetypes of all the planets and the signs. So the audience, the audience had a good working wow. knowledge of, of, of the archetypal energies that are at work in the universe and how they manifest through the different planets. And then at the intermission, we invited audience members to bring their horoscopes up to the stage. Mm. So we picked a few, we huddled up and he says, okay, Jim, in this case, you're going to be Uranus and you're in a square to Jupiter and so-and-so you're going to be the moon and you're conjunct Saturn and okay, ready, go. And we just started channeling. They, wow. and we literally started becoming the planets in those people's charts. And it was so powerful. An 82-year-old Australian woman came up to me after the show. And she says, oh, I don't know how you did it, mate. But you just acted out my life. Mm. And, she, and she was crying. She was tears were streaming. And I started crying. And we were hugging. And <sighs> it was just so moving. And I thought to myself... 
if this can cause this to happen, there's got to be something really powerful to this. So on my own, I just dove into it and started reading voraciously. And then when the internet came along, you know, more and more, I was going to astrology websites. And um, now I study with a master astrologer who's been giving readings for 50 years. And he's a legend around here in Northern California. Um, and, you know, that's how it all started. And you start with one chart at a time and you bumble your way through and you start to learn the symbols and the, and the meanings and how everything's laid out. And then at a certain point of learning this, this symbolic language, you start to feel it really starting to go. And it's when you stop trying to control the reading with your mind and you get out of your own way that you start channeling. Yeah, and so you let your intuition like really guide it. I mean, I definitely felt like when you were doing my reading, everything, let's just say this, I'm very good at talking. And so when you're talking <laughs> at me and I, I don't have words and I just, I say I don't have words, you know that I'm just open and receiving because I can feel that what's coming from you is so divinely led. Wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Pisces moon in my 12th house. Mm-hmm. So... The 12th house of the chart is, interestingly enough, I also have Saturn and Chiron in there. So it also rules psych wards, right? Asylums, hospitals, Mm -hmm. jails and prisons. But then the flip side of Pisces in the 12th is ashrams, temples, uh, monasteries, uh, places of pilgrimage, which I've gone to in India. Right. So I've, I've really worked my 12th house out a lot in this life. I've also got, mm-hmm. did I say, I've got Chiron, the wounded mm-hmm. healer in there. So uh, at the 12th house is the last sector of the chart. It represents moksha, which is a Sanskrit word for liberation. It's, it's mm-hmm. when we finally, when we've completely been here, done that in this material world, and we've fulfilled all of our material desires, and we're still not satisfied because we're eternal, then mm-hmm. we start to, there's so many different paths we can then switch to, like martial arts or gardening or woodworking or meditation or all the different branches of yoga or all the different religions or metaphysics or different, totally, there's so many different ways to start to become self-realized. And so mm-hmm. depending on, I tell my clients, whatever resonates with you, whatever works for you, Go for that. Follow that. Get after it because that's going to be your ticket. And it's just a matter of time. If you're sincere and you're honest with yourself, it's just a matter of time until you eventually get liberated. So, you know, that's... I love moksha. I just have to tell you, I love moksha. I use that word often. It is... um, It is really important to highlight the part that you just stated, which is that that's the ticket for you. For, for right. the individual. For the individual. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's no one path because everyone's at a mm-hmm. unique place in their conscious evolution. Mm-hmm. And so this forcing one size fits all on the people is why so many people bail on different churches or it's religions. True. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with Christianity. I've met some of the greatest uh, enlightened souls who are Christians. And it's like, I have nothing against any religions. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't have any real enemies in this world, except, you know, if someone tries to hurt me, of course, self-defense. But what I'm saying is, whatever floats your boat, man, you got to find it for yourself. 
Yes, and, and this, but this uh, yeah. is why me- this is why meditation doesn't work for everyone. Like traditional meditation, um, the idea of stillness and not movement and going inward and focusing on breath can actually be done without the word meditation because it can be done in different ways. I think that it is really important that people know that there are other ways to get down that path to yes. get towards liberation. It doesn't have to be one specific way or another. And so I'm going to tie this back to the astrology is. For me, what I experienced with you when you did my reading was the also the timing and how it played out in my life. I, you know, I have had, I think I had mentioned to you, I've I've had my birth chart done a couple of different times. And a lot of the information isn't retained because either A, it's a lot or it's not necessarily able to be applied like right now. And a lot of what's happening in my life currently, you know, leading this movement of reclaiming the witch, um, doing it in a very public uh, way as a living example of what it's like to be on the path, always seeking knowledge, but really focusing on shifted consciousness states and being that living example played out so clearly in everything you stated in my chart. And it also it also told me a little bit more about what's coming because I'm getting close to 50. So I'm two years from 50. So we know that there's another big change coming. So I would like you to talk a little bit about what the process was like for you to bring my chart to me so others that are listening can understand what that can feel like. Um, well, first of all, this is, this raises a very important element, which is the best readings, the readings that are the most useful and informative and fun too, mm-hmm. and enjoy and joyful and enjoyable. The best readings are when the client is really inquisitive really serious about learning about themselves and not afraid to hear also, you know, where they're holding themselves back. I, I don't like to sugarcoat my, my readings. I like to call mm-hmm. what I say, say what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't, it's, it's also, um, how do you say, it's a very important aspect for the astrologer to be sensitive to, to what, what is appropriate for the client to hear as well. Like I, I'm not big on on feeding the client's mind with negativity. I, I like to take a very practical, very pragmatic. Can you tell I'm a Capricorn <laughs> um, view of things? Because I want things to be realistic. Mm-hmm. So you were so open because you are. You're an open book. Mm-hmm. You've done so much work on yourself. You've looking at your chart. You've been through so many things in your life. I mean, your body. You don't have any earth in your chart. So I have other clients and friends of mine who have no earth like you, and and they've been through hell. They've been through a lot of transformative pressure cooker crucibles of transformation. I mean, your, your body, your, your physical body has manifested all kinds of things. You've probably had operations and. Oh my gosh. We, we, I don't even think that we went that deep in my reading, but just so you know, I have half of the organs that I was born with. I've had 12 major surgeries. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I have this big fancy sleeve of tattoos on the side and all of the birds on that side, each represent a major surgery that I survived. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we actually didn't talk about that in my reading, but that is a hundred percent factual true. Yeah, because you're obviously a very spiritual being, right? Mm -hmm. Very conscious, but with no earth in the chart, what it means is there's no emphasis on the earth element or the things that those elements rule in the world. So she had to go through things to really ground her in her body, Mm -hmm. to really somatically, you know, somatic in the body, Mm -hmm. 
because so many of us aren't in our bodies. Mm-hmm. We're we're freaking out all the time. We've got trauma, and we're you know we're always worried about you know what's coming, and so we tend to escape the body to because it's natural. If the house is on fire, or it's in an earthquake, and it's collapsing, you run from the house. So similarly, if you've ever been traumatized, which all of us have, we tend to shoot out of the body. It's a natural response. So you had to have these things happen for you to bring home the importance of hey, we're in this material world. We're living in a dense three-dimensional reality. And I hear a lot of talk these days about 4D and 5D and all that. That's wonderful, but you have to be here in the 3D yes, to actually we're get- still, you, you We're have still to, in the human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you want to show up to work and punch in on the time clock, but then you just sit in a chair. You're not gonna, they're not going to pay you. Mm-hmm. You have to do mm-hmm. what you've been hired to do. So, so also, so similarly, we're here to work with the body, although we're not the body and we should know that because my bhakti yoga tradition, the first teaching is I'm not this body. I'm an eternal spirit soul. I'm part and parcel of the Supreme spirit soul. Okay. Bingo. Mm -hmm. But, but now I'm in this body. So I have to take good care of it. Just like you buy a new car. You want to take good care of your car because there used to be that old Castrol GTX motor oil commercial if you make things hard on your engine your engine can make things very hard on you (laughs) so it's like you don't want to break down somewhere right Mm -hmm. so we don't want our body to break down what's going to when we get old but it's like we want to take good care of it so Mm -hmm. for you for you it was part of your evolutionary track to go through these surgeries and man you had some organs removed that's amazing half of the organs that i was born with i no longer have here's what's even more fascinating just to stay on this for a moment i was actually born with my legs wrapped around each other like a pretzel i'm showing you on the screen i know people can't see but literally like a pretzel Uh, i was born like that (laughs) so this wasn't something that just happened bit by bit throughout my life I, i literally from the moment i came into this body and here's the thing is on my path everything in my body operates perfectly fine. In fact, I'm healthier than, than you could possibly imagine all the time. And I take good care of myself all the time. But I needed to learn that at a very young age at how important it was for me to know that my body is my vessel. Yeah. You have Saturn conjunct your south node. So in astrology, the south node is where we're coming in to this life. It's the cumulative, everything we're bringing with us from our past and we mm-hmm. boom, we take birth. So with Saturn right there, tight on your South node, Saturn is, is restrictions. Saturn is limitations, mm-hmm. burdens, uh, obstacles, right? So Saturn rules the bones mm-hmm. and, and the skin because it's about, the skin is the ultimate boundary of the whole body. Right, the mm. skin. The skin is a giant organ. It's the it's the limitation of the body. So Saturn rules the skin and the bones and all that, uh, and support and structure. So Saturn teaches us hard lessons. I like to say Saturn is the drill instructor in boot camp, hmm. who gets on your case hard mm-hmm. and rides you all the way through basic training. So why? So you can handle combat. So similarly, Saturn is here to teach us the hard lessons like endurance, perseverance, self-discipline, self-restraint. If you have a nice, strong Saturn in your chart, you're a conscientious person who, and Saturn rules time as well. Mm. He's the chronos, chronos, the word chronological and chronometer, like in the Olympics, keeping thousands of a second with the skiers coming down. So Saturn is that 
timekeeper. So Saturn, like time is of the essence. You're going to turn 50. You got your Chiron return coming up. So, mm -hmm. so you know, it's, you know, Saturn rules karma. Mm -hmm. And karma simply means work. It's not just mm -hmm. the bad, bad or good reaction. Saturn means work because in Sanskrit, the action already knows that there's going to be a reaction. Mm -hmm. So it's all inclusive in one word. Like whatever action you take, there's going to be a reaction. Right, cause and it's, effect. It's really simple to just say cause and effect, right? People that yeah. think karma has been given such a bad rap. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's cause and effect. But yes, I like the way that you've described that. Um, yeah, that was that part was really powerful. The other piece that I thought was really useful that you shared in my reading was understanding where some of the groupings, because for many of us who don't study this, like for me, it's not my area of study, although I know how much it impacts my body when I hear you speak. So I, I know that to be true because I feel it, but many of us can go pull our, our chart. Like we can, you know, there's lots of free tools, but it doesn't mean anything because I don't know what it means. But what you described to me is something I've been looking at for so many years, right? These groupings together and, and what that means. And we don't necessarily need to talk about mine, but I like the idea of people understanding that your chart is 100% specific to you because if someone has not had their birth chart looked at, it is not just the date and time you were born. It's the location as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's a three-dimensional grid of energy pulsing through our neighborhood and space at all times. It's, it's literally passing through the earth. There's so many waves right now, as everyone is listening to this podcast, there's AM, FM radio, there's microwaves, there's police and taxis are all using radios. Airplanes are flying over you somewhere right now using radios to air traffic control. So the whole universe is just nothing but electromagnetic energy. And so where the planets were and all the stars as well. There's stellar energies coming from, they say that one split second of solar energy radiating off the sun would power the earth's civilization for a hundred years. So wow. imagine the trillions and trillions of stars that are all around us in the universe. They're all emitting that powerful and some of them even bigger than our sun, even more energy is pouring off of them. So all this energy is coming through, right? We're literally living in a sea of frequencies and, and wavelengths and spectrums. And, and so where the planets were, it's almost like, I'm almost seeing like tidal barriers, breakwaters mm -hmm. that they build around harbors, right? Why do they do that? To stop the waves from coming in so the boats can be calm in the slips in the marina, right? Mm -hmm. So similarly, when the planets are in different alignments around the earth and the moon, it sets up a, a three-dimensional geometric grid because it, they're reflecting different energies and amplifying others according to the nature of that planet. I don't, I don't have time to get into the nature mm -hmm. of the planet. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it creates a very individual and unique imprint on every spirit soul that's inside a little fetus. And when we take our first breath, this whole thing gets activated. It's almost like a, a snapshot of the sky for the moment mm. and location that you took your first breath. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely... It affects the nadis and the meridians where acupuncture points are. Um, it's just so far out. And our bodies are literally made up of the light that's coming from the planets. Like our bodies are constructed from 
the radiation that's coming through to the earth from that geometric, that unique geometrical arrangement in space. Mm. And so they say that there are wise sages in India who already have your birth chart and you can go and tell them when you were born, they'll find your life and they'll read for you. It's already there. They've, in other words, they've cast the charts for people who haven't even been born yet. Mm. So karma goes forward lifetimes and back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and it's, it's, so you come to this point in my bhakti yoga tradition from India, there's a word, achintya, the Sanskrit word. Achintya means it's inconceivable. Achintya beta beta tattva. It's inconceivable, simultaneously one yet different. So it's the ultimate like realization that we can never know it all, but mm-hmm. just knowing a little bit is mind blowing. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And, knowing a little bit is actually a lot. And it's humbling mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that we live in the supreme. If if you like the goddess, because there's an aspect of God that's the divine feminine. There's mm-hmm. an aspect of God that's the divine masculine. Then there's another that's the combined form of both, the masculine and feminine fused together in one. And so it's just. So depending on where you are in your journey, you'll gravitate to one of these manifestations. And astrology is, it, it charts out the unchangeable past and the probable future. Mm, okay, and let's say that. Let's say that again. Astrology your ch- maps your ch- out. Your chart, mm-hmm. your birth chart, your horoscope represents the mm-hmm. unchangeable past. So every time a person comes, like I just gave a reading to a, a client of mine, I give one to her every year. So it's her update reading. So she can't change what's already happened. So I, when I look at her chart, it's the unchangeable past and the probable future. And since, since I'm channeling exactly what the client needs to hear for, for what they want to know, they all come back to me like months later, go, man, everything you told me, it, it all happened. I know. And, and, but I never advertised, I never claimed to make predictions ever. Because it's impossible, and yet they come back and say it all happens. So it's like yeah, something. But you're bringing you're bringing such divine flow, crystal clear flow through your body that it is, it is possible that that becomes like a looking glass. It's like right. a looking glass. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah, I've experienced it with you. I know. Trust me. I'll call you in a couple of months and say, okay, we need to talk about this piece. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it written down. I, I I know. I know. Okay, let's switch topics a little bit because I want to hear about what is happening collectively right now. So we are in the middle of May. This is 2022. Whenever somebody's listening to the show, because it's going to live on in the interwebs forever. Right. What's happening right now? We're it's uh it's now May 11th. It's Thursday. I've 12th. got It's the 12th of Excuse me, my 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 watch. <laughs> I I haven't updated my watch. Silly me. It's like 1 108 p.m. 108 is my favorite number. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very sacred number in India. Um it's 108 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, right now we're in between two eclipses and we just started a Mercury retrograde. And man, have the drivers been wonky on the freeway. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling I, you. It's so funny. It's they were like 80 was slow yesterday. Okay. Wow. They were jamming and cutting in and out and tailgating. It's like, dude, it's Mercury retrograde. Chill out. Mm-hmm. So we just had a big, powerful new moon solar eclipse in Taurus. And coming up on the 15th, we have an extremely powerful full lunar eclipse in Scorpio. So let's unpack this really quick. Scorpio is the sign of transformation. 
Scorpio is the sign of metamorphosis. When the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, dissolves and rebuilds itself, it comes out as a butterfly. No one really knows how that happens or why it happens. It's it's achintya. It's inconceivable. But we take it for granted, right? So Scorpio is the phoenix, the firebird rising from the ashes, right? Um, this is a, a very good time to let go to release anything that's not working in our lives. And th this is a good prescription all the time because every aspect of our life should be transforming. Again, to go back, we're part of something that's ever expanding. So to continue to expand, we have to let go of weight, kind of like the balloon has to let go of the weight so it can mm -hmm. go up in the sky, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's a good practice. It's a good um way to look at your life is keep pruning things and chucking the debris off and let like like a like a snake sheds its skin it's it's we're all shedding our skin all the time and if we try to hold on to the way things used to be in a time like this it's it's just going to cause us pain right so letting go and this lunar eclipse this the moon will be right next to the south node and again the mm -hmm. south node is the opposite um, it's a point of dissipation, of release, of letting go, of cutting loose. of, And this is a chance for us to pull things up by the roots, like things that have been troubling. To, I just posted an article on Facebook. And I'm going to copy it over to Instagram after this. It's a time to pull things up by the roots, something that's been troubling you, something that's been gnawing at you, something you need to let go of. Like Taverly, she let go of some organs in her body. So she knows about transformation. She knows about letting go and releasing. She's a person who's like rapidly evolving. So this eclipse is really good for that. And the Mercury retrograde, it starts in Gemini, which is what Mercury rules. Mm -hmm. And then it's going to back up again into Taurus. So uh, Mercury retrograde periods are a gift mm -hmm. to slow down, rethink, reconsider, anything with the, with the letters R-E. So rethink, reconsider, um, remodel, replace, repair, uh, retreat, mm -hmm. re relax. Mm -hmm. Just take it easy. And, and it's when any planet is retrograde, it takes the energies of that planet and it shifts them down more internally focused. Right. So it's great for like inner work and really getting to the bottom of things. So this complements the eclipse. So when you whenever you have two major events like a retrograde and an eclipse happening together, it's a signal to really take advantage of those energies and mm -hmm. make them work to your advantage. For me, this week leading up to the full moon, you know, I I do very specific rituals in my tradition as a witch during the full moon, especially when there's an eclipse happening. And I'm feeling for myself because I I focus on the, the times of the full moon as inward work for me. I don't do it for, with students. I don't do it in mystery school. I don't do it in groups. It's my, it's for me. Um, it has been feeling like a reimagination. That's been the energy for me is reimagine what you thought was possible, which I do that often. And I'm like, wow, I am going to give my imagination the opportunity to run wild. Like this weekend, this weekend, I'm allowing a revisiting of my imagination. It's wonderful. It's perfect because you have this eclipse falling in your fifth house. 
Mm-hmm. And the, the fifth house of the chart is children. It's having fun. It's romance. It's the biggest archetype of the fifth house is creative self-expression. Mm. And it's typically a fire, it's a firehouse uh, in, you know, universally it's ruled by Leo because Leo rules children and fun and romance and the stage and film and anything that's creative. So reimagining is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely perfect. So you can let go of something and reimagine it in the fifth house. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. I love Thank that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that reflection. I do plan to start a big painting this weekend. I have a a massive canvas, like thirty six by forty eight, that's going to be birthed uh, during this full moon eclipse. So it's going to be amazing. So yes, thank you. Awesome. Um, okay, so can we talk about what is happening in the sky that is continuing this? I'm, I'm kind of pushing forward in the collective. Sure. What's pushing forward these new issues that keep bubbling up to be revisited, right? Like that's how I feel it's happening. Issues are coming up in this, you know, mankind, right? And in, in the human race, because I don't like to think of it as we're just humans. We are the kind of man. We're those that think, right? That's the traditional definition of man that comes from the old European languages. Those that think, that's it. And the woe man is <laughs> the ones that think that have a womb, right? So in the mankind, we are bubbling up issues to be addressed and there's a lot happening. Do you have any insight as to why this is happening or what's happening in the U.S. specifically now? Sure. Um, the three outer planets are collective societal changes and transformations. Let's start with Pluto. Pluto is now sitting on the USA natal Pluto. So the United States is now right in the middle of its Pluto return because mm. Pluto takes 248 years to go around the sun. So Pluto has returned to that point in the sky where it was when we signed the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776 at 5.10 p.m. in Philadelphia. So that's the USA chart. So that's a huge transit. So also backing up one planet, Neptune is at the same region of Pisces where it was during the Civil War. Okay, Uranus is at the same place in Taurus where it was in the late Great Depression heading into World War II. Put these three together and you can see where we're headed. Now, the Pluto return is about death and rebirth. So we're getting things like the George Floyd murder. Okay, and I did a little research on the George Floyd murder. Neptune was at the exact degree the day that George Floyd was killed, May 25th, 2020. I look back in history to where was Neptune? Uh, Because that's the dream, the American dream is Neptune. Where was it in the past? It was on the day that the Supreme Court denied Dred Scott his citizenship and said he was property and not a human being. It was Mm -hmm. the Dred Scott decision. Anybody who knows anything about U.S. legal history, the Dred Scott decision was a huge Supreme Court case. And this man was trying to to, to claim that he was a free citizen and they shut him down. They gave him a thumbs down. And Neptune Hmm. was at the same degree as it was when George Floyd was murdered. Wild. So so you see the karma, it it, it repeats itself. Mm -hmm. It rhymes, right? So the fact that America was built on free labor, we we basically abducted these people from Africa and forced them over here into work. That has to come full circle. That has not been properly addressed on a karmic metaphysical level, on a spiritual level. It hasn't been addressed, mm-hmm. nor, nor has what we did to our indigenous tribes right. been addressed. That's true. Mm-hmm. And, and 
And so these issues are going to come up. Um, so there's, and also, you know, that civil war energy with Neptune, there's great polarization. Um, Taurus rules the banking system. Taurus rules commodities and the supply chains. And Uranus brings disruptions. So Uranus and Taurus, I mean, we just saw this crypto thing. 200 billion were just lost. Oh my gosh. That was literally just today. I My mind is uh, blown. I'm witnessing it and, and also recognizing this is all part of 2022. Like we are yeah. in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, this is the same energy of the stock market crash in 1929. Mm. Uranus, you know, so these things keep repeating. And we it's like a child who flunks out has to come back the next year and repeat a grade in school. Mm. Until we get it right, it's going to keep surfacing over and over. We get another look at it. We get another look at it. But we're going on spiral time. We're, it's not linear time. It's a spiral. So mm-hmm. every time we spiral back to these planetary energies, there's a group of the population that have reached a higher consciousness. Right. And so this is what Satyan is doing with the wisdom keepers. Mm-hmm. And there are many people that I have given readings to in very um, influential places who are saying to me they desperately need wisdom at the highest mm-hmm. levels of policy and decision making. Right. So, so this is what's happening. Um, I'm not a doom and gloom person at all. I'm a very optimistic, enthusiastic guy, but I'm also a Capricorn ruled by Saturn. So I, I, I'm a realist. And I like to think of you as a, a truth teller. Yeah. We're in for some rocky years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're in for a, a rocky ride. But for those who are doing their own inner work, this is the greatest of times because That's, yeah. we already know, hey, I'm not this body. I can never be killed. Mm-hmm. I, I live forever. I'm eternal. And this body is a temporary earth suit and I'm learning in it. I'm, this is earth school. And I'm not it, supposed to, I'm not supposed to create, um, I'm not supposed to ex- expect a permanent residency here. I'm just stopping. Right. This is a stopover, like a flight when you have a layover. You don't right. remodel the airport lounge where you're sitting while you're there. You just know you're, there's another flight coming. Yeah, I so love that. Similarly, mm-hmm. we, we're on multiple, we're, we've been changing bodies forever on this journey. In fact, so. Jim, I would go so far to say that those of us that have worked on our own consciousness, our own, done our own inner work, we are welcoming the change. Yes. Even though there are rocky years ahead, um, there is a, a, a welcome energy amongst the change. And it's not to say that we don't have compassion for what people are going through and, and the difficulties that this change is going to bring lots of people, especially with, with what's happening in the Ukraine. Like we could feel and know in our bodies, like we're all so connected. We know that this is happening. We can feel it. But there is a welcomeness in disruption, at least yes. for those of us that have done the work, because we're able to stay out of the energy of fear. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And just a really quick side note about Joe Biden. Oh, um, yes, tell I've us. Been, I've been studying his chart since he started running for president. I've also okay. been studying Trump's chart and everybody's. Mm. When Joe Biden took office, Neptune was crossing his nadir. In astrology, that's the fourth house cusp. It's the bottom of the chart. And it means it's opposite the midheaven, which which is the the highest point of the career. And so whenever Neptune goes across the bottom of the chart into the fourth house, it's a time when you're just pooped out, you're fatigued, Mm. you're you're disillusioned. You're like, oh, did I really sign up for this kind of energy? Like, I don't Mm. have it. I don't have it anymore. Because you got to remember, he's a career politician who's been in Washington almost 50 years, right? Mm -hmm. So the presidency that he was gunning for, and he actually ran many, many years ago. 
But then he had a family tragedy where his wife and his child died and he just lost his the wind from his sails. He couldn't do it. So you can look up the, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, so de- details may be missing. But the point is, his conception of the presidency that he thought he wanted was from a long time ago. And as Neptune crossed into his fourth house, it's a time of, I just don't have this. This is too wow. much. This is too, too, I didn't, this is like overwhelming. Like he came to power with an insurrection in the Capitol. And you know what I mean? And, and, and actually everything you're saying is so visibly apparent in this human. Yeah, he, he's apparent. tired. He's like Grandpa Joe. He just wants to kick, yeah. his, <laughs> kick his feet up and watch a baseball game and have a beer. So true. And he's, a, he's, oh, wow. he's, not, a, he's not an evil man. He's mm. a good guy. And he's a sensitive person. And, and it also points to scandal in the family. So there's all this stuff with Hunter Biden and the money and the mm. investments. I don't even know that. I don't watch the news. Mm-hmm. I just get it from my friends. And so I have a little inkling of what's going on. But the point is, I saw this transit coming. And I said, he's going to run out of gas before he even starts. Mm. And he has. He's just out of fuel. He just, he's tired. I mean, mm. po- politics is grueling, man. Yeah, such 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 good insight. Wow, that's really interesting. I, you, of course, I am going to tell you again. I want you to continue to record this, share this information, Jim. Come back on this show often, please. I would love. <laughs> let's, be- let's. Let's do it more until you launch your own show. And I'm going to continue to advocate for that. I will welcome the opportunity for you and I to continue this conversation. I'm even thinking we should do another show on what's coming. Like what, like looking at what's coming, like relying upon your intuitive channel to look at collectively what's happening. Because I think that at a high level, it's helpful. Information is helpful. Not that we're going to change it, but information is helpful. Yeah, I have a principle uh, when it comes to predicting and telling what's coming. It's not so important to know when something's going to happen or what's coming. What's the most important thing for every individual is how are you living right now? Mm-hmm. Where, where is your consciousness? Where are your priorities? What are you focused on? Are you, are you still trying to convince family members about something they're never going to come to? Are you wasting your time on some uh, crusade or some that's not working? Because t- we don't know how much time we have left in each right. life. So right. self-realization, there's an urgency to the spiritual path. I, I've, I've had a near-death, many, many near-death experiences. As Taverly knows, I survived a plane crash. Mm-hmm. where I watched my dear father burn to death. I tried to pull him out of the wreckage. I couldn't get him out. And so I was 13. So I learned very young the fragility of life and that nothing is promised to us, that we don't know our next breath. And so it brings, it's not a downer. I'm not trying to bum anybody out at all. It just is the reality. Like you have to remember that every breath you take is a, a, a gift, a blessing, and an opportunity to advance your own conscious awareness, because that's the only thing we have control over is our own journey of, of awakening for ourselves. And like you said at the top of the show, if you can do it by example, people feel it and they want to, they come, hey, what's up with you? What do you do? Meditate? Mm-hmm. What is it? Would you take vitamins? What is this? Your energy is great. What do you do? And that's how to teach people is model it by example, but to exemplify it and personify it, right? So that's 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 what we need in the world is people who are walking their talk mm-hmm. uh, more than ever. We because Abe Lincoln said 
Um, most people can uh, withstand adversity, but if you want to test someone's character, give them power. Mm. This applies to Whoa. all of us. Applies uh-huh. to all of us because uh-huh. if you're a jerk, if you're a jerk playing small time, you're just going to be a big jerk. Mm-hmm. So it takes real really character. It takes character and integrity to hold down wisdom and leadership with vision, and 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 take the heat because it's never popular and it's never easy. You know. So I wish everyone well on their journey wherever they are. You know. Thank like, you, Jim. And listen, you have a special offer for any of our listeners if they if they contact you, which of course I'm going to put all the links in the show notes on how everyone can find you. All your social media platform, every, everything is going to be in the show notes. And if anybody reaches out to you, you have offered $25 off a reading if they mention this show. So make sure those of you that are ready to go deep, you can see from Jim, he is a wealth of information. He brings truth and grace and is a clear channel for anyone that he's in their presence with. And you'll feel it when you meet him. My email address is the best first route to reach me, which is stardustr108 at gmail.com. That's stardustr, S-T-A-R, duster, D-U-S-T-E-R, 108 at gmail. And I love that it's 108 because when you looked at your clock earlier, although the date was off, it is the right, I mean, it was exactly 108, which it was is 108. Amazing. Of course. And that's, of my course. Bir- that's my birthday, January 8th. So it's 108. Of course. Of course it is. (laughs) I love it. Listen, Jim, thank you so much for your time. A deep bow of gratitude for the work you're doing for each individual, one piece at a time. It's always an honor to be in your presence and spend time with you. Thank you. You are a very, very dear person to this planet, Taverly. Thank you for your work and you're making a huge difference and I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you that are listening, we appreciate all of the ratings and reviews that you continue to give us on your favorite listening platform. But more importantly, if the show resonates with you, share it with someone that you think might enjoy listening because that helps us get in front of people who we know we can make a positive impact on. So thank you for listening and we will be back. Thank you for joining us today. On any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there. 